0: You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027.
1: Well, for the first time since the peak of South Africa's second COVID 19 wave, which was back in December, we have breached the 5,000 mark for daily new infections. And that uh, is some pretty startling data that was revealed last night. To Professor Adrian Purin, head of the Center for HIV and STIs at the NICD it's uh, it's seemingly here my daughters are going to be homeschooling for the next two years we got a letter from the school um and there have been several this week of new infections what's the dashboard telling
0: us well Michael, when we flick it it's certainly Hating has certainly got a marked increase and that matches i think what was um not predicted but i'm um, showing the south african modeling consortiums data um, when they had painted clear scenarios that cutting would be i suppose the one outlier in terms of the the provinces in terms of the numbers and the rapidity with which the numbers are are increasing. I think the Northern Cape um, as you know did not really come out of a a, a second uh, resurgence or second wave um, but certainly may well be have may well have peaked actually I think and may be declines in the numbers there but certainly um, northwest is certainly showing a marked increase in the numbers there, as well as the, 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 free state. The other provinces are starting to show increases, such as the Western Cape, uh, and calls natal but these are already, relative to, to Hatang, are very different in, in, in nature.
1: And uh, the the big question, I guess, as we're seeing the uh, vaccine rolled out uh, across the country, we've uh, crossed a million. Uh, we crossed that mark on Tuesday in, in a combined sense of the Sasonki and the Pfizer shots is, is how long after your first Pfizer shot should you get the second one?
0: So Michael, I think the, officially I think it's about 21 days, but I noticed that there's been comment about 42 days. So as you know, in the UK and I think in the States, I think they took a pragmatic decision and that was really to to increase the numbers of individuals um, vaccinated, was really to try and extend the time to that second um, vaccination. And that's primarily not because your risk is 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 decreased by twenty one days it certainly is present it's so you'll still have a level of protection after twenty one days it 's not as if it suddenly yeah. will disappear on day twenty one um, but obviously the most effective um in terms of protection will be after you know the, the twenty one days but now forty two days i think you can still still have effective protection as well and basically are some peer-reviewed publications around that, at least from the
1: UK. Is it too early to tell, now that we've reached the 5,000 mark for daily new infections, uh, the uh, the virulence of this particular wave, uh, you know, are we seeing uh, the, the same number of people going into hospital being admitted? Uh, is it too early to tell from the data?
0: I think it may be a bit early, Michael. Um, what I think the modelling had shown, at least for most of the provinces, that Um, we should not expect the same degree of of wave as we saw in the the second uh, resurgence. I think probably contributed by the fact that we've had such a large wave and therefore there's still pre-existent immunity. So I think that would be very different. So that would be useful to, to see. I think what will be critical for us is to keep an eye on the mutants that are in circulation, obviously. I think the predominant mutant that was present in the second wave is still in circulation, but as you know, we have variants now uh, from India and and the UK, Um, and if those take hold and and are effectively transmitted, then of course they may well displace our variant, our current variants in circulation, and that can have uh, different implications for us.
1: And then just lastly, the big story globally is uh, this um, access. It's not a leak. Uh, it, it was uh, a legal application to get access to Dr. Fauci's emails. A bit like a, a Rorschach test. Uh, you know, what you see in them, I think, reveals more about you than the inkblot, or in this case, the emails. What do you make of it?
0: Yes, it is quite fascinating to um, sometimes contrast the um, public statements with some of the, the private, I suppose, private in the sense that they were between colleagues possibly. Um, sometimes it's a bit of cognitive dissonance um, but it, it is a fascinating um, set of emails. I think we all, um, if we were to be truthful, actually have those sort of public image statements versus mm-hmm. what we um, say in, in private, especially I think about the mask wearing, I think because that was quite interesting. I know it was controversial even here in South Africa by we, the way, whether to wear masks. So his view certainly changed obviously, mm-hmm. but it was quite interesting to see some of the, the public which, uh, comments, which is fine <laughs>
1: which is science I mean that you yeah. know when, when your information changes um, and your your views change with it based on the new information that's how science works it's not necessarily proof of some grand conspiracy which I see is uh, what a certain very far right section of uh, South African commentators are saying at the moment Professor Adrian Purin, Head of the Centre for HIV and STIs at the NICD thank you very much Anne Williams is standing by with your news up next next Next.